Today's episode is sponsored by the American Chemistry Council. Chemistry creates, America competes. Good evening. A group of 11 current and incoming Republican senators today announced plans to reject electoral college results in certain states won by President-elect Joe Biden. Congress is meeting Wednesday to ratify the results of the presidential election. It's the final step before Biden officially becomes president. President Trump is waking up here at the White House for the first time on a New Year's Day after he left Florida early and skipped his traditional black tie party back at Mar-a-Lago. But his focus has been all about what happens when Congress must certify the electoral college results that will give Joe Biden the presidency. And we're seeing a civil war of sorts erupt among Republicans over whether to challenge that result. Some Republicans tried in vain to talk their colleagues out of the plan. Even though there's no evidentiary basis to do so. Lawsuits claiming the election was stolen have been consistently rejected by the courts, including the U.S. Supreme Court, twice. I'm Jeremy Siegel. This is Politico Dispatch. And today, Kyle Cheney on how the baseless efforts to overturn the presidential election results are tearing apart the GOP. This is what the actual vote for president looks like. 20 votes for the Honorable Joseph R. Biden. For President Donald J. Trump. Joseph R. Biden has received 16 votes. As expected, Joe Biden received 306 electoral votes, Donald Trump 232. So the bottom line is, on Wednesday, per law and constitution, Congress will meet and count the electoral votes that were certified by the states reflecting the will of the voters on November 3rd. The electoral college ballots now go to Washington to be counted in a joint session of Congress January 6th. But President Trump still refuses to concede. Uh, And this is what has typically been a pretty boilerplate ceremonial proceeding where you just ratify what everyone knows occurred. And so it's been sort of overlooked over the years because... There's really never a question about who won the election. But this year, it isn't being overlooked, not really because of any questions about who won the election, but because of Republican lawmakers who are pushing to challenge Biden's electoral college victory. And I want to get into what's going on there and your reporting on it. But first, can I just ask, is there any way that Congress could overturn the electoral college vote, could overturn the will of the people in this election? There is virtually no chance of that. There there are mechanisms that could cause it. But if you actually look at the reality of Congress, which is that enough members of both parties are ready to support the results as they happened, um, that there is no realistic chance that uh, the outcome will change in any state, let alone uh, multiple states that it would take to change the results. Okay, so the results are virtually unchangeable given the makeup of Congress. Experts and courts have shot down allegations of widespread voter fraud lopped by President Trump and his allies. But you still have a bunch of lawmakers, Republican lawmakers in the House and in the Senate saying they want to try to challenge the results tomorrow. Why is that? Well, uh, it's a good question. It's it's the question we're all trying to answer right now. Uh, it really is a matter of pure politics uh, in the sense that, look, the, the Constitution and the law does provide for challenges. I think we in Congress have an obligation to do something about that. We have an obligation to protect the integrity of the democratic system. And, and especially if, if you truly believe that there were uh, legitimate questions about the integrity of the results, That option is there for lawmakers. And so this past week, I spent 
writing out a position and assembling a group that ultimately of 11 senators that we put out yesterday that we will together object to certification in order to force the appointment of an emergency uh, electoral commission to perform an emergency audit of the election results. But those those questions have all been sort of answered in courts across the country. Uh, there's not a really a legitimate case for fraud here. But there is a political one, which is that the president, who has enormous sway over his party, says he won. And he says that, that the vote should be overturned. So uh, people who are sort of beholden to him or feel the party is beholden to him are willing to stand up and challenge the results, even though there's not a genuine case uh, for overturning them. Hmm. On top of that, I mean, you also have GOP leadership at the top of the party on the other side of this. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell has urged Republicans not to challenge the results. But then you do have, what, a, a dozen senators, dozens of members of the House going forward with it. How significant would you say this rift in the Republican Party is? Well, even more of a rift um, within the Senate. It's really a House and Senate rift in some ways. Not entirely, but it, you know, in the House, you actually may have a significant majority of Republicans uh, lodging challenges. There's 211 Republicans in the new Congress, and uh, our understanding is upward of 140 of them will will join a challenge of some sort. In the Senate, it's a, it's a appears to be a much smaller. Uh, number, you know, about a dozen, which represents a quarter of the caucus. Uh, there may be a few more by Wednesday. But I think the bottom line is there are some Republicans that are willing to say, you know, acknowledge reality, uh, which is that Joe Biden is the president-elect and he won. And it's not a serious dispute about that. Former Massachusetts governor and current Utah Senator Mitt Romney says the effort to overturn the results of the election is a dangerous stunt. In a statement, Romney says... The egregious ploy to reject electors may enhance the political ambition of some, but dangerously threatens our democratic republic. The fact that there are so many not willing to acknowledge that reality uh, says something about the, the state of our, our politics and, and, and the state of the Republican Party overall. Are there any lawmakers where you've been genuinely surprised by where they've landed on this? You know, there, there's a handful. Um, we, we learned Monday that you know, Rebel Lee Stefanik, who's a member of the House Intelligence Committee and has always been seen as sort of a, a moderate Republican, uh, announced that she would sign on to a challenge. In the Senate, we saw James Lankford, who, who has been a member of the Intelligence Committee uh, as well. And that's, that's where they really evaluate election threats uh, in, in some ways and, and so are typically more above the politics on those things. Um, he's up in 2022, so we're seeing some of that pressure come into play. And the rest are, are pretty reliable Trump allies that you wouldn't be too surprised to see them line up with the president on this. I know a lot's riding on the results of today's runoff election in Georgia and who gets control of the Senate. But what do you think this situation where you have this split in the GOP, where you have this split between the Senate and the House, what do you think it tells us about where the Republican Party is and how it'll operate under a President Biden and potentially a Democratic-controlled House and Senate. That it's uh, a party facing an identity crisis over how to operate uh, without Donald Trump uh, in the White House. This party has molded itself around Donald Trump and can really only function with him at the center of it. And with him leaving office, I think you're seeing it tear away the pretense around that because um, he still 
wants to be the center, uh, the, the power center for Republicans, but he's not going to have the power of the presidency anymore. And so the rift is people who are ready to move forward, um, including a, quite a number of Republicans who probably would like to be president someday, and also those who know he's still going to have this enormous influence. And I mean, Trump could still be a potential kingmaker in the future if he supports primary challenges, if he chooses to be a, an active player. So I think that reality is why others are, are more willing to stick with him. Do you think this split that we're seeing right now, like, does it all wash over and we and the party forget about it after Biden is inaugurated? Or do you think this is indicative of a broader split in the GOP that we could see in the months and years going forward? So for many of the 140 Republicans in the House that are supporting these challenges. I think that is, they hope that this will wash away and and become water under the bridge once Biden is sworn in and no harm, no foul kind of a thing. I'm not so sure that that's going to be reality. Uh, Quite a few, I, I think four or five of the newly sworn in Senate Republicans joined these challenges. There's no political pressure on them because they're not up for re-election for six years. Yet here they are signing on to a challenge at the behest of Donald Trump despite all available evidence that says these challenges aren't justified. And so it tells you a lot about the party aligning itself with Trump, uh, the, the newcomers aligning themselves with Trump. Many House freshmen are doing the same thing. So that sentiment is not going anywhere. And that hard line mentality uh, is going to be around for a long time. So it may not dissipate as quickly as some of the veteran Republicans might want it to. Kyle Cheney, thanks so much for talking with me. Anytime. Thanks for having me. Also, today, people across Georgia are headed to the polls to vote in two runoff elections that will determine which party gets control of the Senate. Democrats Raphael Warnock and John Ossoff are trying to unseat Republican incumbent Senators Kelly Leffler and David Perdue. If they're successful, Democrats would effectively be in charge of the Senate, with Vice President-elect Kamala Harris as the tie-breaking vote. If not, Republicans will keep control of the chamber and be able to act as a roadblock to Joe Biden's White House and the Democratic-led House. And... The new, more contagious strain of COVID-19 has emerged in another U.S. state. On Monday, Governor Andrew Cuomo announced health officials confirmed the first case of the strain in New York. He said the man who contracted the strain, which was first identified in the United Kingdom, did not travel and appears to have gotten it from community spread. The strain has also been identified in California, Colorado, Florida, and 33 other countries. UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson reimposed a national lockdown Monday as the variant continues to surge throughout the country. Subscribe to Politico Dispatch wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like what you're hearing and want to help us out, you can do that by leaving a rating and review in your favorite podcast app and by telling a friend to check out the show. I'm Jeremy Siegel. Thanks for listening.